Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. And good morning. We are live today on this Saturday, the 3rd of February. Thanks, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Our whole team greets you. We lift you up in prayer every day, and we want to do so during this time of prayer and scripture reflection. So feel free to give your prayer intentions. Leave some specific intentions, however many you wish, in the comments. By the way, you can do that all the time on our special prayer intentions website called prayerintentions.org. Okay, we have a good reading today that informs our citizenship, that teaches us about how our nation is supposed to work, how leaders are supposed to lead. Critically important topic, of course, as the elections of 2024 uh, are upon us. They're not ahead of us. They're upon us. We're in the midst of them. And this uh, reading is going to show us one of the dimensions of that. So let's put ourselves in God's presence and, I can, by the way, I can see your comments, so uh, always appreciate your, uh, your feedback, and, and uh, it just I, I, I always love to hear what you're, what's on your mind. Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, you have instructed the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant that by the same Spirit we always may be truly wise and rejoice in His consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from the first book of Kings. Solomon went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, because that was the most renowned high place. Upon its altar, Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings, in Gibeon, as the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, God said, Ask something of me, and I will give it to you. Solomon answered, You have, given, you have shown great favor to your servant, my father David, because he behaved faithfully toward you with justice and an upright heart. And you have continued this great favor toward him, even today, seating a son of his on his throne. O Lord my God, you have made me your servant, king, to succeed my father David. But I am a mere youth, not knowing at all how to act. I serve you in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a people so vast that it cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. For who is able to govern this vast people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon made this request. So God said to him, Because you have asked for this, not for a long life for yourself, nor for riches, nor for the life of your enemies, but for understanding so that you may know what is right, I do as you requested. I give you a heart so wise and understanding that there has never been anyone like you up to now, and after you there will come no one to equal you. In addition, 
I give you what you have not asked for, such riches and glory, that among kings there is not your like. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. You know, let me know if you've heard this or else if you do hear it in the coming months as we go deeper and deeper into this election, uh, if you hear it. People ask the question, well, what's the, what's the most important virtue in politics? And there are those out there, although I think I'm going to explain to you a reason why I think that they're less uh, likely to say it this time around. But there are those out there who say, oh, yes, well, the greatest virtue in politics, the biggest thing we have to pay attention to and make sure we have in our, in our arsenal of uh, virtues is civility. Have you heard this? Tell me if you've heard this. Civility. Civility in politics. That's number one. Oh, we got to, yes, we have our differences. Oh, yes, there's plenty of differences. Oh, there's all kinds of differences. But we have to be civil. We have to be civil. Don't let the disagreements be uncivil. Disagree, yes. Disagree passionately, yes. But you have to be civility, civility, civility. Wrong. W-R-O-N-G in capital letters. Wrong. Why? Why am I saying that's the wrong idea? Friends, it's reflected in something that happened recently in regard to this Alejandro Mayorkas, who's supposed to be, I don't know, helping to protect the country down at the border and is absolutely doing the most horrible job. In fact, they're doing the opposite. Okay. Why do I bring him up? Because one of these, I mean, if you're forgetting at the moment who it was, one of, the, one of these lunatics described the concern that many who have in the House, the House of Representatives, over this literal allowing of an invasion of our country to take place, because that's what's happening at the southern border. Anybody who doesn't realize that isn't paying attention. And they said, oh, well, and, and, and some in the House have been saying, oh, well, you know, we, we, would, we, would, um, we, need to impeach, uh, we need to impeach him because he's not doing his job. He's doing the opposite of his job. Instead of protecting the border, he's facilitating an invasion. And some kind of, of disconnected, clueless person there in the heights of government said, well, you know, no, there's no reason to consider uh, impeachment because over, over policy differences. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Policy differences? I think it was Bond, you know, that was talking about this the other day. Policy differences? Allowing an invasion of our country, abandoning the constitutional duty to protect our country, is a policy difference? 
Brothers and sisters, it's an abdication of fundamental constitutional responsibilities and violation of law. That's not a policy difference. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because people will say, oh, oh, well, we, we, we just, civility is the most, the most important thing. We have to have civility in politics. We've got a disaster on our hands. We've got an emergency on our hands. We've got enemies attacking our country. We've got hordes and hordes of people invading our country. We've got people in positions of power who are committing treachery and treason. And all you can think about is, let's be nice. Friends, I'm pointing this out, and I'm going to show you how this connects with this, uh, this reading here. Because this is a serious problem. This is one of the reasons why we're not getting over these, we're not solving these problems, because we're not even seeing the depths of the problem. Not to mention, oh, do we even have to mention the, 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 the crime in the cities, the indoctrination of kids in the school with all sorts of gender ideology and sexual perversion, and the killing of babies by abortion, unlimited as the Democrats want it. What in the world is preventing people from recognizing that this is a class A emergency. I mean, it's time for the, the you know, the alarms to go off, the buzzers, the buzzards to, to buzz, and the this is this is an emergency. And all we're gonna do is sitting around and say how nice we have to be to each other. We've got enemies at the gates. You see, that, because this is the source of the problem here, that some who are saying, oh well, the most important virtue in politics is civility. It, it, it reflects a cluelessness. It really does. It reflects a cluelessness about the nature of the problem. When you have an enemy threatening to destroy the country, when you have an enemy actually destroying the country, and when you have people who want to snuff out your freedom and your faith, and your ability to express that faith, and your ability to express your mind in public, like we have the protections of in the First Amendment. And when you have people who want to ha unleash a, a full-scale holocaust against children in the womb, you fight back. That's what you do. You don't sit around and figure out how we can share marshmallows together. You fight! What do you think the Founding Fathers did? Why do you think they issued the Declaration of Independence? See, this, there's a cluelessness here on the part of so many, and, and I have to say, on the part of so many religious leaders. You know, here we're finally getting to an understanding here, I think, now. I know I am, speaking just for myself. I'm finally getting to an understanding of the questions that have been asked for me of me for decades. People quizzically scratching their heads and saying, oh, she says, you know, I have this notion that, and I think I got it from the church, that, that, that things like, like abortion and suppressing religious freedom are really, 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 really bad. And I think I'm, I'm hearing it right on, on TV or reading it right in the news or on the Internet that there's attacks going on on, on, on all of this. And, and, so I'm, and, and so they quizzically ask, scratching their heads, why, how is it that we're not... Seeing more response from the church? Well, now finally we're understanding the answer. 
the greatest virtue, some of these people are saying, in politics is to be nice. What were they? Well, our founding fathers. Read the Declaration of Independence. You know, when we think, all right, let's, 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 let's back up here a little bit. This all has to do with the reading, and I'll make that explicit connection in a, in a few moments. But think of our founding fathers. And think of the Declaration of Independence. What comes to your mind? Let's do a little free association here with words. What comes into your mind when you hear the phrase Declaration of Independence? Yeah, see now, oh, someone was saying, was it Marie? Someone was saying, be quiet, be nice. And see, yeah, and they, they, you, you hit the nail on the head. Being nice is connected with being quiet. It's like, like little kids. Don't sit there in the corner, don't say anything. And meanwhile, the kid is thinking to himself or herself, why well, there's an emergency here? There's a problem. I would just sit, by, sit there and keep quiet. Being nice and being quiet kind of go together. No, you shout. When there's an emergency, you stand up and you sound the alarm. You pull a fire alarm. Not like that idiot in Congress who did it when there was no fire. That was, that was something to behold, was it? Not to get distracted, but if you didn't see that, go look it up. This Democrat idiot and representative in Congress pulls the fire alarm one day because he doesn't like the vote that's about to happen. Oh, these people are worse than kids, worse than, 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 than immature uh, 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 adolescents. But, but we'll get back to that another time. Friends, what do you think about when you hear the words, the Declaration of Independence? Well, I think most of us think about, we hold these truths to be self-evident. You know, the thing that Biden said, oh, you know the thing. You know the thing. Yeah, the thing. We think about the thing about the inalienable rights that our Creator gives us, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that governments are instituted to do what? To secure these rights. Okay. But that's not the bulk of the Declaration of Independence. That's the gem of it. But that's not what most of it's about. Go back and reread the Declaration of Independence. It only takes a few minutes to read it. It's a short document, but it's powerful. And guess what's in it? A litany of complaints against a king who's being abusive and whom they tried, they tried, that this, the, the American Revolution was not a, 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 a decision made on a whim. Somebody got up one morning and they had a stomachache or they had a bad dream and they decided to start a revolution. It wasn't that. They tried and they tried and they tried to get this king to correct the errors of his ways. But he was abusive. And the Declaration of Independence, the majority of it is, a list of those specific abuses. It's not easy to read. Not that words are not easy to, are not hard to understand, but it's not easy to read in the sense that it's not pleasant. It's talking about all these abuses that, that uh, how are we doing on our crowd here? Oh, we had a good, healthy crowd here this morning, good. It, it share this video here because we're making some very important points here that, that, that can that make, mean the difference between, between uh, uh, winning or losing these elections. We, we do not see in the Declaration of Independence a nation getting started on the idea that the most important virtue is civility. The most important virtues in politics, and we can rank them among themselves, somebody already said it, I've been saying it for a long time, is honesty, but together we're going right hand in hand. Honesty, 
courage. Honesty and courage together. You got to be ready. You got to admit what the problem is. You got to tell other people what the problem is. You got to be smart enough to see what the problem is. And then you've got to have the courage to act on. Now, what is necessary to see what the problem is? Because some of us are very aware, hey, listen, we're in a war. Others say, oh, oh, don't use that kind of language. It's not a choice of ours what language to use. You use the language that most adequately expresses the reality that you see. So it's not a question of, oh, don't use that kind of language, use this kind of language. No, don't argue about that. Make sure that you're seeing what's actually going on. Then use the language that properly expresses that. It's not like, we, in that sense, what I'm saying to you is we don't even get to decide really the language. Because the language we use, if we're going to employ honesty in politics, has to reflect the reality of the situation. Now, in order to see the reality of the situation, what's the other gift that we need? And that's where this reading comes in, because Solomon asks for it. He prays for the thing that every politician has to pray for. First and foremost, above anything, before they pray about winning the election, before they pray about this or that or other challenge, before they pray, God bless our fundraising, before they pray, they got to pray for the gift that Solomon prayed for because that helps you to see the situation. Then you have to honestly face it. Then you have to have the courage to fight. And sometimes that fight, like somebody said here, Declaration of Independence was a declaration of war. This is the American Revolution. Oh, we have to be nice. And meanwhile, we're sitting in the midst of a prosperity and a freedom that was not handed to us on a silver platter. Neither at the beginning, nor at any time subsequent, because like President Reagan says, freedom is only at any point in our history one generation from being lost. The spirit of the American Revolution flows through the ages in this country, flows through the decades, flows through the centuries. We're about to come up on our 250th anniversary, 450th birthday as a nation in, in 2026. It's got to be fought for all the time because there are always encroachments on our freedom. One of the ways we fight for our freedom now is that we point out the attacks that are happening on our nation and we get out there and we vote in overwhelming numbers. Stop being distracted by, I don't like this person, I don't like that person. That, 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 that's not the point. There's a, an emergency, there's a war, we have to fight, we have to vote, and we have to overwhelm. And don't say, oh, 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 oh uh, they cheat, I'm not going to get involved in the process. No, you get in there and you overwhelm their, their cheating with the number of votes that you yourself are able to bring to the voting booth and all of us working together, we vote, we get out there, we fight. So don't give me this nonsense. Let me know if you hear about it. You, when you hear, we should start tagging these people and responding to these people on social media when you start hearing about this. I've, I've even seen seminars being given. The most important thing you know, to keep in mind with this election is their civility. Give me a break. Why don't you start fighting the enemy? Now, I'm not talking about taking up an armed revolution. We're not in that situation. I'm talking about because, because in these days now, I mean, I do believe we have a civil war going on. It's of a different nature. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a civil war of values. It's a civil war uh, of, uh, uh, between good and evil. It's just as, just as significant and urgent as a physical civil war. But nobody's saying, let's go, you know, out in the streets with the, with the guns. You, you don't, you don't, that, you don't want that. 
But it's something that, uh, nevertheless, we should have the same sense of urgency that there's a real battle to take place here and that it's urgent that we fight and with, and with courage and, and, and armed, as St. Paul says, it's in another passage, with the armor of God, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have the tools we need. All right. God said to Solomon, ask for whatever you want. What do you want me to give you? And Solomon doesn't ask for riches. He says, give me wisdom. There it is. Give me wisdom. That is so refreshing. He's got power. One of the most dangerous things is the person who has power but doesn't have wisdom. Plenty of people who have wisdom, they don't have power. More of them should have more power. But God save us from people who have power but no wisdom. They, 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 they like Anne Marie is saying, begins with respect for life. Wisdom begins with respect for life. You can't respect life. That's why I always say, if a politician can't respect the life of a little baby, how's he supposed to respect yours? Being pro-abortion is a sign that your conscience is dead. So if your conscience is dead, how are you going to make the right decisions in your political position on any other issue? You can't. You can't. And not to get too far afield here, but John Paul II and even the U.S. bishops in their document, Living the Gospel of Life, John Paul wrote the Gospel of Life for the Whole World in 1995. The U.S. bishops took that document, applied it to the United States, and three years later wrote a document called Living the Gospel of Life for the United States. And in, in that document, they said when a politician is, says they're in favor of abortion, this, and, and the words they used were, renders suspect the rightness of their positions on other issues. Well, of course it does. In other words, to say that in common language, if you can't tell me that it's wrong to kill a baby, how can you tell me about anything else being right or wrong? You can't. Sick and tired of these politicians that try to make us believe that they're spiritual people, starting with the guy in the White House, uh, that they try to tell us that they're spiritual people. Oh, I pray my rosary. Give me a break. I pray my rosary. And, and meanwhile, I'm signing all kinds of, 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 of executive orders to increase the killing of babies. Give me a break. Stop insulting our intelligence. Stop insulting our faith. Stop insulting our values. Stop insulting America. Stop destroying America. So we got these people. So the, the, And John Paul II also said back in 1988, he has a powerful document he issued then called Christi Fidelis Leici. And he says, look, if a politician cries out for right, human rights, oh, health care and family and whatever other rights you want to identify, he says their advocacy for these other rights is, and the words he uses are false and illusory, it's an illusion when they speak up for human rights if they are not defending the right to life. So you had pro-choice politicians speaking about health care. Sorry, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Because it's false. You don't have any care about human rights for health care or anybody else. Because you've lost the very understanding of what a right is. And you've lost the understanding of what a human is. 
My goodness, can the darkness be any deeper? So what a blessing that Solomon asks for the most important thing that politicians should be praying for right here, right now, and that's wisdom. Because he says, look, how can I govern your people if I can't distinguish right from wrong? Let me read the verse again. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. There it is, friends. There's the game plan for our public officials. Like I always say, we've got to elect public servants who know the difference between serving the public and killing the public. We need wisdom. Now, let me draw out one other layer of this, one other dimension, and then we'll, we'll conclude and go to, go to prayer. If Solomon is saying that he needs wisdom to know the difference between right and wrong, otherwise he can't govern the people, then here's my next point. We, the people, need wisdom to judge right from wrong, otherwise we can't govern ourselves. The burdens, the responsibilities, the virtues needed, as Scripture indicates, for those who are kings, now fall on the shoulders of we, the people. Because we don't have a king in America. We don't want a king. We want sovereignty to reside in the people just like our declaration and constitution say that it must. The sovereignty resides in the people. So what does that mean then? First of all, it means, wow, this is great. We've got freedom. Wow, this is great. We've got power. But then you've got to add the third piece of the puzzle. Wow, this is great. We need wisdom. You got the freedom, you got the power. Nothing worse than people who have the power and they don't have the wisdom. Because then you're not, just like Solomon said, I can't govern the people if I don't know right from wrong. Well, then how can the people govern themselves if they don't know right from wrong? And you know that that's the reason why our founders said explicitly that this country would not survive without religion and morality? They said that. Not because they wanted to start a theocracy but because they understood that you can't govern yourselves, that you can't advance your country in a way that's going to be good if you don't know what good is. The Democrats want to lead our country in a way that's evil. They want to lead us down a path of, of, of unlimited abortion. How's that good? They've got no wisdom. They have lost wisdom. They've lost conscience. So, what do we do when the people we've elected have lost wisdom? We ask for wisdom for the voters so we can replace them. It's the voters now that's got to take up the prayer of Solomon. It's we the people who have the sovereignty who have to ask for the wisdom. And then we have to ask for the courage to fight, get into that voting booth, get others into the voting booth, get those who, if, 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 if those who are in positions of power aren't even asking for the gift of wisdom, how are they going to get it? And if they refuse to ask for it, and if they're so stubborn in their hardness of heart, then we've got to vote them out. Why do we vote them out? Because we've got the wisdom to know that the direction they're leading us in is evil, and we correct that by putting into office those who know, as Solomon says, how to distinguish right from wrong. 
This is the prayer. First book of Kings, chapter 3. This is the prayer for every politician, for every voter. I appreciate Suzanne's comment here. Pope Francis will be punished by God for canceling out, canceling our Father Frank. Why in the world would these people do something like that, right? I'll tell you what happens with some of them. It's because they're actually on the side of these leftist Democrats. And they know that the kind of things we're talking about now aren't good for the Democrats. They're good for us. They're good for the nation. They're not good for the Democrats. Sebastian is saying, yes, and I agree, they're going to try to cheat again. Yeah, they always cheat. And you shouldn't think of the cheating just, just in terms of fake ballots. Although they'll do that. You know, the 2,000 mules, right? You've seen the movie 2,000 mules. If you haven't, friends, look it up. Where you actually see the people stuffing the ballot boxes. But, but don't think about the cheating just in terms of that. Think about the cheating in terms of Democrat prosecutors scheduling trials in the middle of an election to take the leading candidate off the election uh, 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 speaking circuit and, 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 and have him uh, uh, you know, figuratively locked up in a courtroom all day instead of campaigning, and therefore trying through lawfare, which twists the law and, and applies it in ways that has never been envisioned to be applied, and then tries to gin up uh, and, and then situates, furthermore, situates these, these um, after, after, after Democrat, they're all Democrats that are doing this, Democrat, uh, uh, Dem Democrat uh, prosecutors, Democrat grand juries in Democrat districts, you have a trial, you get jurors in districts that lean Democrat, no, not just lean, overwhelmingly Democrat, oh, talking about Washington, D.C., talking about New York City. This is the, the, the cheating is the interference in the election process whereby they're trying to have prosecutors, DAs, grand juries, and judges decide who our nominee will be instead of, well, let's think about what might be a good idea. Oh, 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 maybe we, the voters, should decide. Somebody thinks wrongly, and that's right, Suzanne, that's another way that they cheated last time, keeping quiet about the Hunter Biden laptop. 51 former intelligence agents signing a letter that they knew was false, saying that the laptop was Russian disinformation. Now, 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 now we know it's real. And we knew it then too, but they weren't, they were trying to, they were deceiving the people. So the cheating takes many different forms, but yes. But that does not deter us and not discourage us. You overwhelm the vote, that's what you do. People who say, oh, they're cheating, therefore I'm not going to vote. What? <laughs> That's like saying, oh, well, they're cheating, so we'll, we'll, let them, we'll let them win. Come on, friends. Don't let that attitude settle into your mind or heart or, that, or mind or heart. Let me see how our numbers are doing. How your mind or heart or anybody else. No, 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 don't. They're going to cheat. What does that mean? We're going to get big. We're going to do twice. We're going to work twice as hard to get more voters out there to overcome the cheating. All right. Well, wow. I have got a lot to say today, and, and just let's... Let's go back to prayer. Father, wisdom, 
We seek wisdom. We, we take the example of Solomon. We pray for wisdom because as he had the responsibility to govern your people, so now we do. Responsibilities of the king in Scripture are now on the shoulders of the people. So give us wisdom. We thank you, Lord, that the sources of wisdom are at our fingertips. This word of yours, your spirit who is ever ready to descend on us again as we invoke him, your sacraments and the grace that comes from them, and one another, your presence within the community of believers, where we encourage and enlighten one another. Lord, we have the sources of wisdom. May we use them. May we use them. And now we sum up all our prayers and praises by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, friends, you may know this already. Tomorrow is my birthday, so I'm going to be up in New York where my family is, and uh, uh, I know that I'll uh, uh, have the benefit, the greatest gift uh, that I'll have is the benefit of you, your prayers, first of all. But you, I, I'm talking very sincerely now, you, the joy that you bring me, the encouragement that you bring me. You know, they, they, let me just <laughs> reflect on this one second. One of you mentioned about the canceling, right? The canceling and me being canceled, many other people being canceled. I was marching with bishops, side by side with Bishop Strickland at the March for Life and him being canceled. It's not the canceling itself that's the problem. It's the train of events that it initiates afterwards. Well, canceling is a problem, obviously. It shouldn't be done. But the, the train of events that it initiates after in, in its wake where people shun you, they shun, they try to close the door. Oh, you can't speak here. Oh, why not? Oh, well, you know, Pope Francis canceled you. Yeah, well, why did he do that? Oh, I have no idea. It's just that people, they just, they just follow each other's ignorance. The gatekeepers in the church, you know what I'm talking about. The reason they do this, they have absolutely no reason. They don't even know why they did it. Nobody else knows why they did it. I certainly don't know why, other than what I tell you. It's not that they tell me. They won't admit it. But they, but they, because they're, because they, because they don't want, they don't want our message out there. So that what they know that if they do this, then it, it, it leads to a whole bunch of other people say, oh no, 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 you, 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 you can't come on our TV station, you can't come on our radio, and you can't speak in this church. That's 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 right there. What they're trying to accomplish so that the message doesn't get out. And how do we battle against that? I mean, aside from working for getting reinstated, which of course very likely that the next pope will do. But in the meantime, it's, we have you. First of all, first of all, to their dismay, those that want to cancel us, to their dismay, we don't shut up. 
I don't shut up. Bishop Strickland doesn't shut up. In fact, we speak louder. And secondly, then, how do we make up for the fact that some doors then do close because, oh, 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 oh we can't have Father Frank. He's too controversial. Or, you know, even some people who say to me, they say to me, no, no, they, they don't say to me directly. I hear, I hear that they're asking other people, what, what, where's, where's, where's Father Frank? What's the latest with Father Frank? I, I, I heard a Catholic, you don't mind if I go on a little bit longer. If you have to go, that, that, it, it, stay with me for a few more minutes here. We're live here. The Catholic radio host, recently somebody brought to my attention, that uh, he... Uh, a caller uh, he brought to my attention a segment of the of the show. I listened to it. Then, um, oh yeah, that's great, crazy cat. Speak so loud that you rock the Vatican. Yeah, shout from the rooftop. So there's this Catholic radio host recently. He's got this caller calls in. Uh, thanks for all the birthday greetings, everybody. And and so this caller calls in and says, "But can you give me an update on the status of uh, Father Frank Pavone?" And then the radio host, whom I know, he's a good guy. Goes on and gives this 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 explanation that was ended basically okay, you know, he got some of the facts wrong. And uh, I'm sitting there laughing to myself. And and sort of somewhat concerned too, not at what he was saying, not at the, what the que questioner was saying, but at the fact that the question had to be raised. Why in the world would somebody ask, what is the status of Father Frank? I'm not asking why would they be concerned. I'm glad they're concerned. I want people to be concerned. But why would they have to ask that? But look what we're doing right now. Do you, can you go away from this broadcast today, and if somebody asks you later today, what is the status of Father Frank? Or what happened to Father Frank? You know full well what to say. Hey, I was just with him. I was just talking to him. He was just commenting on my grave. What's the, what's the status of Father Frank? Here I am. I didn't go anywhere. Oh, what's Father Frank doing right now? I'm doing the same thing I've been doing for 30 years. Minus, of course, that I can't say mass, and I'm not wearing the collar. Okay, 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 okay. But, but, but what am I doing? I'm doing what I've been doing for 30 years. I'm proclaiming the pro-life message. I'm helping lead the pro-life movement. Do you know that a week from now, we will have in this very building 50 national pro-life leaders here for our strategy meeting. We're leading the movement. What am I doing? What do you think I'm doing? Sitting around eating, eating figs. I like figs, but I'm not going to sit around all day and eat them. Could you help me? This is why I'm so grateful for you. You're giving me these birthday wishes. What's, what's the greatest gift for my birthday? I'm not kidding. It's you. But can you help me? What I mean is, but this, what are they, why are there people out there asking what's going on with me? Here I am. They... And if they want to know more about what's going on with me, for goodness sake, turn on your computer, go to endabortion.tv, go to my social media at FR Frank Pavone, and ask me. They want to know what's going on with Father Frank. I'm here. I'm not hiding in some cave, am I? I didn't go into hiding. Not for one day, not for one hour. They did this to me? They did it to Bishop Strickland? Not, not for one day. Not for one quick split second did he go into hiding, and we're not going to go into hiding. Now, a lot of people have been canceled. They do go into hiding. I, I'm not going to judge them, but we're not. No hiding for us. Because then you just give them what they want. They want to... They want the tape over the mouth. Oh, they, they, look, look. 
enemies out there? Anybody who's watching? Some of these troll. I don't see too many of the trolls anymore. I, I, I don't see too many of them. But you got some, they, they, some sitting there watching, spying, you know, spying. Look, 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 enemies, look, look. No, no tape. There's no tape over these lips. And there isn't going to be. There isn't going to be. So that's why, so I need your help. Echo, echo, proclaim, spread. Tell other people. Everyone want to know what's happening with Father Frank. Oh, I'm going to tell you. Doing the same work with just as much zeal and strength as ever. And it's not going to stop. So thank you, friends. Uh, thank you for the birthday wishes. We will be, uh, I uh, will be doing, a, I won't be here in the studio tomorrow, obviously, to do it live, but I, I'll have a, uh, a scripture reflection prepared for you, same time, same channel, tomorrow and each day. We've got a lot of work to do together, so let's do it. And uh, God bless you once again. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for all that you give us, and for your salvation above all. You who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Okay, friends, talk to you soon. Priests for Life is an extraordinarily fine group, uh, and I, I don't say that in order to um, make anybody feel better or flatter anyone. Uh, it's, an, it's an unusual and a very unique group in that most of the priests whom I have encountered across this country and indeed around the world uh, shy away from the subject of abortion. They somehow want to keep it under the rug and only pull it out when they're ordered to. Uh, in my own experience as a Catholic convert for the last several years, um, I've attended a great many masses and listened to a great many homilies, and I think, believe in three years I've listened only to one homily on the subject of abortion, and that was here in St. Patrick's Cathedral. Other than that, priests seem not to want to talk about it. And Priests for Life is the Paul Revere of this whole gestalt, that Priests for Life are riding around trying to galvanize the rest of the clergy into getting engaged in what is one of the most appalling revolutions of the 20th century. And I am uh, enormously grateful to them and admire their work enormously. But unfortunately, I believe that there are not enough, that Priests for Life should, be, should have a staff 20 times what it has now. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the Ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to ProLifeGift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. 
To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.